Hi, this is Scott Galloway, NYU professor, best-selling author, serial entrepreneur, and the host of the PropG Markets podcast. For nearly two years, PropG Markets has brought listeners unfiltered analysis on high-flying stocks, burgeoning sectors, stupid acquisitions, and master of the universe CEOs. Starting May 20th, PropG Markets is launching a new feed with two episodes per week. What a thrill! The good news? I know how to get your rich. The answer... It's on Prop G Markets. Don't miss out. Listen and subscribe to Prop G Markets wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Twas a week before Christmas to 2021 will soon turn the page. But before that happens, Wonder Boy and Jeff Neal shall battle in the cage. UFC Vegas 17 is coming up tomorrow night with plenty of fights that shall matter, like Jose Aldo and Cheeto Vera. And you know, chaos and Pajera will raise quite the clatter. In this crazy year that is 2020, there's been more storm than there has been calm. But let us officially kick off the final preview show of the year right here on MMAfighting.com. Just call me pizza because I'm full of cheese right now, my friends. And in all seriousness, I'm feeling a bit festive to begin the UFC Vegas 17 preview show. I am Mike Hack. That is Jose Youngs. That is Alex Cayley, AK, you are the Prince oh. of Positivity. So I'm going to start right with you, my friend. Coming off that of UFC lovely. 256, thank you, thank you very much. But uh, <laughs> let's talk, let's talk some fighting. So but uh, coming off of 256, which is amazing, and then taking a look at this card on pace on paper, although there's been some fights scratched from this one, which is to be expected, there is a lot to be positive about heading into tomorrow night. Is there not? Yeah. Oh, can we talk about 256 more? I could talk, I could talk about 256 all day. But uh, no, this card, it's weird. This card kind of has some some like B-sides from, from cards that, that from uh, other cards, you know, in December. Some cards, some uh, some uh, fighters that got moved, some matchups that got straight up moved. And then, of course, and then so we kind of ended up with this, this smorgasbord of like really high level fights and also kind of some matchups that we weren't expecting. So, uh, yeah, it, it's a, it was a happy accident uh, for the UFC, of course. That's kind of they've had a bunch of those this year with dealing with the, the the pandemic and scheduling around that, and of course the usual you know uh, things that befall fighters leading up to matchups. But it's a very strong and and kind of tight now twelve fight card, very traditional uh, five fight main card, solid solid seven prelims, I believe. I believe we still have seven prelims of fingers crossed. Whatever this goes, we'll still have prelims and five main card fights. But uh, uh, yeah, a really good looking card. Uh, lots of lots of name value, lots of uh, matchup ramifications, and lots of potential for uh, some super entertaining matchups. Jose, let's start with, with the top of the card. Of course, the main event was originally supposed to be Leon Edwards versus Hamzat Chemaev. Now we get Stephen Wonderboy Thompson taking on the surging Jeff Neal. Neither of these guys have competed at all this year. Wonderboy has had some injuries he's had to recover from. Neal got over a really scary situation with his health. But all systems go for tomorrow night. And look, there's... There's not a ton at stake here with the top of the division being what it is right now. But what sticks out to you, Jose, when these two guys with excellent nicknames get in the cage and battle it out tomorrow night? I actually disagree. I think there's a lot of things at stake with this this main event because we don't have like what are the like we don't have a a welterweight title fight anywhere booked. Like Masvidal and Covington aren't booked. Uh, so it's like all of these like high level welterweights aren't like 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 it's like. Like Calvin Cater said, like activity matters. Like Volkanovski's like activity matters. He wants these 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 contenders to fight, and in the division that is so stacked, but we don't really have a clear any sort of clear 
a path to a title right now, especially with all like the top four or five all tied up. I think the more active welterweights, they can cl- they, they gives them an opportunity to climb rapidly uh, and maybe leapfrog some people who are maybe holding out for more money, maybe are injured, maybe they get COVID, maybe they can't leave the country. So uh, I think there's a lot uh, at stake here, especially like in the eyes of the fans. What Stephen Thompson said it in the virtual media day. It's it, I think his exact quote was, it's his, his exact quote was it's funny how quickly people forget you. And you nailed it on the head. Both of these guys haven't fought all year. This is their first fight. It's a, it's an opportunity to basically put on a y'all must have forgot performance like they've done before. Like Jeff Neal coming off that violent knockout win uh, over Mike Perry. Mike Perry's obviously still a big deal in some, the eyes of some fans, good or bad. And Stephen Thompson pieced up Vicente Luque, who a lot of us consider to be one of the more talented fighters at 170 pounds. So uh, this fight is absolutely awesome. Uh, I I. I'm glad it's five rounds. I Obviously, I was really looking forward to Leon Edwards and Hamza Shamayev, uh, but uh, Stephen Thompson is a master class at what he does best. Uh, it's It'll be a good opportunity to see if Jeff Neal can, if, if he doesn't put away Stephen Thompson quickly, uh, this is a really good test for Jeff Neal against a really high-level opponent. Because let's not forget, we were in Houston, uh, and he did one of his scrums, like his his guest fighter scrums at one of the local gyms, and he called out Michael Chiesa. He's called out Neil Magny, which he was obviously supposed to fight. He's called out a lot of guys, and I think Stephen Thompson is a great test for him. Uh, and I'm I'm very 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 much looking forward to this fight between two of the absolute nicest people in the UFC. Interesting take, Jose. AK, let me ask you this, because this potentially could be a big coming out party for Jeff Neal, and since he got into the UFC. He, I mean, he's looked phenomenal, but we talk about this all the time with these surging contenders. The potential is there. We see it, and it is big-time potential for this guy. But we don't really know how good Jeff Neal really is, and we're certainly going to find that out tomorrow night, aren't we? But do you feel like this is a fight where the pressure lies more on Jeff Neal to make everyone feel vindicated, ranking his potential? Or do you feel like the pressure is more on Wonderboy because his eye is still on the welterweight title, and if he doesn't win this fight tomorrow... That vision becomes a little bit cloudy. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I do feel – first of all, I don't think either guy – I don't think either guy should be feeling too much pressure, though Though I agree that there's certainly stakes to the fight. Because I think I think uh, if you're if you're Stephen Thompson, people know you're facing this, this blue chip guy. I think I'm just looking at the odds. They're probably going to fluctuate in between now and tomorrow night. He's uh, – Jeff Neal is a very, 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 very slight uh, favorite. So – in that sense, uh, obviously, at least uh, uh, some people are thinking that that uh, Neil is going to use, you know, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson to kind of add to his resume, and make a bit of a name for himself. Uh, and and if Wonderboy loses, uh, you know, again, it, it, Neil's a tough guy. Wonderboy still has that name where he can get uh, really high level matchups. Uh, it, it'll it'll hurt it a little bit, but I don't think he'll. You know, the word that was brought up a lot in interviews this week with him was gatekeeper. And I think we prefer normal on these shows to say litmus test. Maybe it's just semantics, but I do feel there's a difference. And I feel he's always going to be a strong litmus test uh, for people. And again, ha- has the kind of name value and the style, you know, depending who he's fighting uh, to put on entertaining fights at the UFC likes. So he'll always get good matchups for Neil. I think he can take a loss here uh, and, and it's not going to hurt him too much. It, it would be his first loss in the UFC. Uh, th- there is quite a bit of hype behind him, but not so much. I don't feel like the UFC has pumped his tire so much where they've, they presented him as being invincible. Uh, so maybe this one one uh, situation where the UFC's marketing shortcomings may actually benefit Neil should he uh, you know, not put on a winning performance. But really, there's no shame losing to Wonderboy, a guy who's competed uh, for the world title on uh, multiple occasions and has a style that can make you look worse uh, worse than you actually are sometimes. So I, I, I don't know. Like I said, so I would lean towards uh, 
Wonder Boy feeling a little more pressure because he's a bit older. But other than that, I, I don't think either guy should be too too worried about what a loss means. What do you think, Jose? Because you feel like there's more at stake than probably the common fan right now. Do you think there's more at stake for Neil, or do you think there's more at stake for Wonder Boy, considering what he's eyeing and where he's at in his career? Uh, I think there's more at stake for Steven Thompson, given that his window of opportunity is is much smaller than Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal is 30, and which he Jeff Neal is my age, and Steven Thompson is thir- is 37. Uh, and in a welterweight division that is just absolutely filled with killers at the top, a lot of fighters and still in their prime, like Kamara Usman. Majidal might not be in his physical prime, but he's been in so many fights, you don't really have to get him up and ready for a fight as much as you would say, like one of these these up and coming guys. So, but like Majidal, Covington, Usman, uh, Gilbert Burns, like these are all guys in their physical prime with knockout power and and, and awesome grappling uh, and cardio for days. So. Uh, Steven Thompson is inching closer and closer to that magical 4-0, and Jeff Neal is right in his physical prime. And I think, like AK said, a loss to Steven Thompson at this point in Jeff Neal's career isn't a isn't a massive detriment to his his future and his potential. Like like we said, Vicente Luque lost to Steven Thompson. He's still widely considered to be one of the best and most exciting fighters in the division. He is slowly climbing his way uh, back up the division and putting on really exciting fights getting the rest of his paycheck and getting bonuses. And the most important thing you can do in a fight, get paid and get paid as, and get those, uh, those bonuses that, that will especially help out in the holiday season when you haven't fought in a whole year. So there's clearly more at stake uh, for Steven Thompson uh, in this fight, only because his window of to get back to the welterweight title is closing every single day. I was one day old when Steven Wonderboy Thompson came into this world. So how about that? But uh, <laughs> There you go. Jose, this this is this Jose is just one of those fights where you don't want to see anybody lose. Like you said, two of the nicest right. guys, Jeff Neal, obviously an incredible prospect on the rise. Wonder Boy, he's the NMF champion. He's a superhero, if you will. If like a kid, if you, if your kid wanted to put a poster of a fighter on the wall, Wonder Boy's the guy. But unfortunately, well, one of these guys, what's that? Big Naruto fan too. <laughs> there you go. So I know, I know you dig that, but. But Jose, it, it's time, man. One of these guys is going to have to win, and one of these guys is going to have to lose. Who who's who does what tomorrow night in the main event? I favor Stephen Thompson. I think he'd be very uh, similar to the, um, the 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 Vicente Luque fight. He has more. He has even more time to to do to put on a performance like that with giving five rounds. And you said that was the big scare with Jeff Neal. Let's. It, it was like a. It was. A health scare like that's an understatement like what was it, it was a conge- congestive congenitive heart disease heart failure whatever it was so like he was scared to even tr- push it in the gym he said because he was having to check his pulse all the time so that is absolutely terrifying to hear from an elite athlete uh that they were they were afraid to push it because their heart might stop so i don't know how hard that jeff neal pushed it in camp i know he's saying all the right things but none of us were there so i don't know uh, so, uh, but I, we've seen Steven Thompson uh, face the best of the best, and we've seen him have these kind of take these kind of fights, like the Vicente Luque. He even took on Mazi Dolan, who was on the up when he was on the um, on the rise. Uh, so, I favor Steven Thompson, especially in a five round fight. I'm going to say decision. I don't see a knockout, but I it's a lot closer than people say. But I I favor Steven Thompson, given his history against opponents like this. Ak, what do you think? Mike, I'm going wacky on this one. I'm going wacky. Um, I, I do think it's going to end in a decision, which I think uh, most people picking this fight, if they, they're envisioning if it goes five rounds, then it favors Wonder Boy. I, I'm, I'm going Neil by decision. I know. I know. It, it, why? Why? I just think the age thing matters to me. Uh, 
Wonder Boy, of course, saying all the right things. I think he said he said he's you know he's he's gonna be thirty eight next year. He feels like he's twenty five, and and frankly, he like looks it. You know, when you see some performance, it's not like there has not been one fight recently for Wonder Boy that we've seen where like oh yeah, his age is really catching up to him. He kind of looks. You know, e- even the fights he lost, I mean, he looked the same against Luque and Pettis as he did against like McDonald and Hendricks, maybe even better. Right. Um, but I don't know. There's something I like about Neil. I do think he's I-, I guess I'm just banking on the fact that I think he's the real deal. I, I- it's I do see the similarities to the Luque matchup. So that's total, absolutely a good reason uh, to favor uh, Wonderboy. But I don't know. I, I think Neil's just on a- a slightly better than Luque. I think he's on another level. I think he's peaking the right time. So. I don't feel strongly about it, but if I have to make a pick, which I know I do for the show, I'm going. I'm going Neil. Neil by decision, so I'm going on a limb. I'm going to agree with Jose. I'm leaning with the veteran because for for points that you guys have both made, like he's been here before, he's been in these situations before. It's a very important fight for both guys, but I feel like there's, like Jose said, there's more on the line for Wonder Boy here at this point. If he wants to get back to a title shot. He's going to have to be like Ric Flair heading into WrestleMania with Shawn Michaels. He's got to win everything. He's going to have to win out to get back to that title shot. And if Neil loses, like AK said, sets him back, but he's going to have plenty of time to get back to where everyone thinks he can be. So for that reason, I'm picking Steven Thompson by decision. He's been in championship rounds before. I think it's a very competitive fight, but I think he does just enough uh, to get the win. So we'll see what happens tomorrow night. But before that happens co-main event we have jose aldo the former longtime featherweight champ third fight at 135 still looking for his first win in the bantamweight division after dropping that close decision to marlon marias and then losing to peter piotr jan for the vacant title earlier this year it doesn't get much easier for jose aldo ak because he's taking out a, a very motivated very hungry marlon chito vera this is quite a night for the 135 pound division and what a matchup this is ak what do you think about it I like it. It's I think it's a matchup some of us have been calling for for a long time. It's certainly the level of name that Marlon Vera had been calling for. I think even before uh, Jose Aldo had dropped down to to bantamweight, you know, Marlon Vera had been searching for that top five, a top five person. Now he's getting one in a roundabout way, uh, in a guy who's ranked in the top five at one thirty, or I think uh, top seven, I think in the official rankings, but is viewed by many again as top 10 top five guy at one thirty five, despite not actually winning a fight at one thirty five. Even if people. I know that how they feel strongly about the Marlon Marais fight, and a lot of people think that was, uh, you know, uh, called the wrong way. Even then, it was so close. Uh, and then, and then he lost, of course, uh, to, to Piotr Jan in what was a somewhat competitive fight that got less competitive as, as it went on. So, I don't know. I, I'm happy for Marlon Vera that he got this matchup. I think it still means a lot with a win. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to diminish and say like, oh, this is Aldo passes prime or anything like that. I still think if this is, you know, 80 percent, 75 percent of the best we've seen of, of Jose Aldo. That's still better than a lot of people at 135, uh, 135 and 145. So it means a lot to Marlon Vera. Um, Jose Aldo, boy, uh, credit to him for taking this fight because uh, he's facing a guy who has, I think, among the media and among fa- hardcore fans, they know this guy's a killer. Uh, and, but I, I, and I wish the UFC had pushed pushed him a little bit more and, and let people know how, how good this matchup is. Um, but uh, yeah, big chance for Aldo to prove he's still relevant. Uh, and that, you know, the move to 135 was a smart idea because we still don't know if that's the case. Jose, I, I, you are the host of the A-side, and I know you guys have talked about this before. Aldo's got to be feeling a little bit of pressure here because he's lost three in a row and with the UFC on the verge, and they've actually are in the middle of releasing a lot of talent these days. It seems like Aldo could be potentially fighting for his job tomorrow night now. 
None of us know this for certain, but this is something to think about if you're Jose Aldo and if, if you're the media, is it not? I mean, it's you have to think about it. Obviously, it's in, it's got to be in the back of your mind, especially when you're coming off uh, these big losses uh, in, in your recent uh, string of uh, fights. But uh, I think Jose Aldo might be a little in a little different situation with like the Jose with the Junior Dos Santos, the Jacare Souza's like these these fighters that they're talking about now. Anderson Silva, especially because Jose Aldo's lost to Peter Yan, Mala Moraes, Max Holloway a few times, Conor McGregor, like champ, champ, champ former title contender, like he's not losing to up and coming guys that he's just being tossed into as this litmus test, like the Jacare's and the junior Dos Santos uh, of the world. And he's not like y'all Romero where he's, he's he, like, he's showing he'll fight whoever you like. We, we all saw that report where y'all Romero said like, I'll fight. I want to fight like for the title, a normal contender fight, or I want like a top three guy. And the UFC didn't want to do that. Or there was some monetary thing. And so they let him go. Jose Aldo is out here showing like, I'll fight Jeremy Stevens. I'll fight the Volkanovskis. I'll fight the Marlon Veras. I'll fight whoever you put in front of me, and I still want to get the victory to work my way back to the title. So what Jose Aldo has going for him is he's more than willing to fight these guys, and he's only losing to the best of the best. So until we see Jose Aldo start to lose to these up-and-coming guys that need to make a name off him, I think he's in a good he's in a good place with the UFC. The UFC obviously really likes him. He's not – he's what? There was that story – or that 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 stat that came out where Yo Romero was older than Jose Aldo is now when he made his UFC debut. So Jose Aldo still, I think, has a little left uh, in the tank. Uh, I don't know who's going to win this fight. I still have to think about it. So start with AK when you ask for permission because it's a really really tough fight. Given how Marlon Vera's looked, uh, both fighters have looked uh, in 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 recent uh, competition. But I I think Jose Aldo's in a little better standing than these recent cuts. Uh, but you never know, especially uh, if he looks bad against Marlon Vera. Kind of like Wonder Boy, Aldo's been in these positions before too, taking on the up and coming whippersnappers and getting wins, sometimes getting finishes. And then you have Marlon Vera on the other side, AK, coming off the big win over Sean O'Malley. He's won six out of seven. The one loss is that loss to Song Yudong, which a lot of people thought Cheeto won that fight. Massive opportunity for Marlon. But he's treating this like any other fight. Like he's happy to be fighting Jose Aldo, but it could be like fighting anybody at 135 right now. And he's preparing for it mentally the exact same way. So with these intangibles in play, AK, what's your prediction? Who gets it done tomorrow night? I, you know, I'm just leaning new school this time. I don't I don't know why. Maybe I feel like I should have leaned even more new school last week because I, I picked uh, Ferguson to beat Oliveira <laughs> and uh, was not close on that one. So I'm going. I'm going the younger fighter again. I'm going Marlon Vera. Uh, I, I think. I think I feel even more strongly about this one than the Neil pick. I think. I think Vera it has been a top five one thirty five er for a while. He just hasn't had the chance again. He hasn't gotten the opponent to officially, you know, put the stamp on it. But this is that name. This is that name that when when he beats him, you know, your your more casual fan will say, "Oh, geez, Cheeto. Who's this Cheeto Vera guy? He beat. He beat Jose Aldo. He may, he maybe finished." Jose Aldo, uh, that, I mean, and look, Jose Aldo is one of my favorite fighters of all time. So it it kills me to start saying that, oh, this is the, you know, we mentioned, well, he hasn't lost to, you know, anyone besides champions yet. And until until it starts happening, we shouldn't be worried. My fear is that this is the fight uh, where it starts happening. Though, again, because I think Vera is a world-class uh, bantamweight, we'll look back and, and maybe it'll just be part of Aldo's, you know, we'll, we'll look back and say, oh, Aldo lost to this guy, this guy, this guy, and Marlon Vera. This whole run of killers, because I do think Vera, um, when it's all said and done, will be will be looked upon as as one of the best uh, bantamweights of his era. So, have to go with Vera. I I and I do think he finds a finish. Um, 
Oh gosh, it just feels horrible to say that, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm leaning towards Cheeto. I think I think he's, he keeps his uh, his bantamweight win streak alive. All right, Jose, we gave you a minute to process. What do you think? Uh, I'm picking Jose Aldo just so I can be different because I feel like we're going to agree on <laughs> a lot of fights. Uh, well, we've already disagreed on the main event, so I'll be the quote. What? It, how did AK say it? Wacky, as he said. I'll pick Jose Aldo. He's looked really good. He's looked. He's. He's looked at least even in the Peter Yan fight. Like I think we've had like two epic fights of the or three epic fights of the year off the top of my head. We've had the Wiley Joanna uh, fight. We had last week's fight against Brandon Moreno uh, and Davidson Figueredo. Like Poirier hookers in there. But I think people are sleeping on how competitive uh, Peter Yan and Jose Aldo was until until the finish. I think Peter Yan just kind of put the foot on the gas and just ran over Jose at the end. But for like a two and a half rounds, that was an exciting scrap. So uh, I agree with what AK said. And I said the same thing with what Sa- about Sam Hughes last week when we were talking about Tisha Torres and we were trying to pick uh, that fight. Like Tisha Torres has only lost to the absolute best of the best. And now she's fighting Sam Hughes, who no one knows anything about. And for all we knew, Sam Hughes was going to be one of the best female fighters of all time, and she beats Tisha Torres, and she adds her name to that list. Didn't happen. Uh, but I, I'm going to pick Jose Aldo. He's still, I think, physically, he's he's more than capable of beating these young guys. I think we're past the point where we have to wonder if Jose Aldo can make 135 because he's done it consistently, what, three fights in a row now? So that's not even like, will this affect him? I think we don't need that. That question can be thrown away. Uh, so I'm going to pick Jose Aldo. I'm going to pick a uh, decision. I don't think it's going to be a dominant. I think it's going to be a smart technical fight. Uh, and I just think Jose Aldo is might just a better fighter than Marlon Vera. Marlon Vera is an absolutely fantastic fighter. I was at the Song Yudong fight. I think he won that fight. But if you're going to go to a split decision against Song Yudong, I think at this point, uh, Jose Aldo uh, can pull it out. I'm going to say by unanimous decision, but it's going to be a really good fight. I'm a little torn here because there's no doubt in my mind that Marlon Vera is going to win the third round because he always wins the third round. He gets better as the fight goes. That's just how he is. Kind of a notorious slow starter. Not He didn't really do what wasn't really a slow starter in the O'Malley fight, but he has shown that the longer the fight goes, the better he gets. The first half of that fight is going to be super interesting. I definitely lean towards Marlon in the second half of the fight. How good can Jose Aldo be early? I think he can be really good, but... It's a game of inches, and at this point, I'm going to go with the wave of momentum. So I'm going to lean slightly Cheeto Vera. I think he finds a way to get it done. I think he's just well-coached. I think his head's in the right place. Motivation is, is is right where it needs to be. And I think at the end of the day, this is going to be a little bit of a coming-out party for him. I don't think he gets a finish. I think it's a really close decision, but a really fun fight, very competitive, but I'm leaning towards Marlon Vera. Now, AK, I'm just going to allow you to wax poetically on the fight that everybody has circled on this card. Chaos Williams versus Michelle Bejeda. The floor is yours. Just just say whatever you want about it. You know, uh, well, I want to use one of my favorite quotes, which I know Jose always gets a kick out of, uh, and I'll, I'll break it up. I'll say, I'll say the line, Bart, as they say. Guys, this is a fight. This is a fight. I don't know if you're aware. <laughs> this is what they call a fight uh, in this business. It's it's a great piece of matchmaking. Uh, like I think it's one we just didn't think of because I, I, you know you and I we're usually always looking like two or three months ahead when we're doing our matchmaking show uh, every Monday, guys. On to the next one, and so we don't consider these quick turnarounds. But this is a relative pretty quick turnaround for both guys. Did they did they fight on the same card? I know it's a, definitely a quick one for um, for chaos. 
Uh, okay, no, Michelle Pena is a little bit, sorry, fought in September. But it's it just not, I don't know why. It's not a matchup I saw. Maybe I thought that Williams ranked high enough yet or, or that, that uh, you know, I was a little too high on Pena's uh, Jorge Masvidal call out. So, but... On paper, this is just a sterling example of matchmaking. Bejeda's style is totally wacky, but there's a lot of skill there as well. That's that's the, sort of the beauty of it. And I think what we've seen a little bit more uh, in his last two fights, even the the um, Diego Sanchez one where he was disqualified, yes, he does all the crazy tricks, but when he needs to buckle down and actually properly fight and show off his, like, his wide range of techniques, effective techniques, he can do it. He can do it. It's a really good test for Chaos Williams. We've I, everyone's super high on chaos. I mean, we've only seen him inside the octagon for our com- for less than a minute. So, uh, Mike, you might be a little more uh, familiar with his regional stuff. I, think I might be one or two fights, uh, or at least highlights from his regional scene. So, I'm definitely not as familiar as with him uh, as I am with Pajeda. But boy, if anyone's going to give him a chance to kind of open up, and if he wants to, you know, show more than he's had the chance to show in 30 seconds, he might not need to. I mean, it's this matchup, you know. So. I hope this is a fight where, yes, you could get a super spectacular sub one minute KO. I hope they get to play around at least for one round. And then, uh, you know, maybe we see a finish in the second round. But man, very, 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 very good matchmaking. I, I have no uh, criticisms to to make uh, with the, the committee on this one. They did a great job. Jose, is this is this your uh, I don't like to say people's main event because everybody says people's main event. But is this your this has to be the people's main event for you, right? No, I, it's not my people's main event. I'm really I like this fight a lot, but it's I'm not as sold on Chaos Williams as most people. Like Michelle, we know what Michelle Panetta can do. Uh, we know what Chaos Williams can do, and let's not like Chaos Williams has a couple of decisions on the regional scene. So for all these people wondering about his gas tank and can he go three rounds and this and that, I think he's done it four or five times. So uh, make no mistake, he can he has the the cardio to go all all of the rounds, but. I was at his I was at his fight in Houston or yeah, it was in Houston. Yeah, UFC 247 when he beat uh, Alex Morono and that was a last minute fight. I don't Alex Morono clearly didn't have time to prepare. No one knew what Chaos Williams was going to do. Hats off to Chaos Williams. He knocked him dead in less than a minute. So uh, fair play to him. And then when you fought when his next fight, uh, who was it? Abdul. I can never pronounce his last name. Uh, or I'm going to butcher it, so I'm not even going to try. He Rizak, comes Rizak, in. Al-Hassan. Yeah, Rizak, right. Al-Hassan. Al-Hassan. He, Al-Hassan, he comes in just guns blazing every single fight. And it's it's kill or be killed with him. So uh, two favorable matchups for him. Uh, one where he came in as the unknown fighter with nothing to lose and one where his opponent was going to play right into his strength. So for all I know, I say it all the time, Cass Williams is, one of, is the best welterweight on planet Earth. And I have nothing negative to say about his skills inside the octagon. I just have questions. Uh, Michelle Pernetta, we finally get to see him fight someone in their physical prime who can crack hard. So I love this fight. I love this matchmaking. It is an absolute all-around bang- a banger. I'm not quite ready to label it as my people's main event just because we could be getting just a one-sided beatdown or we could be getting like a snooze fest. I'm not – I don't know. I'm not – I don't want – I have no idea. This – this fight is just baffling to me, and I have no idea what to expect, but I'm not quite ready to label it people's main event. This fight is everything that 2020 signifies, and quite frankly, it's the fight we need for the final card of the year. So to the UFC matchmakers, thank you for putting this one together. I cannot wait to see it all unfold. Um, last thing, Jose, under-the-radar fight, fighter storyline on the card that isn't getting enough love. And, and, and let me add to this, since this wasn't your people's main event, what is your people's main event? 
I would say the Anthony Pettis Alex Morono fight. I'm really, really interested in a because Alex Morono is, is teammates with Jeff Neal, and when I interviewed them, they would they had this healthy rivalry over who could get to the welterweight title first. Uh, they're main training partners with each other. Uh, I I think that's all. It's always fun when you get two two teammates on the card peaking at the same time. And Anthony Pettis, this is his last fight on his card. He's talking about opening – or he's 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 mentioned many times that he's starting his own management company, his own fight promotion, this and that. He's taking this, his career in a different trajectory at this point. I would not be surprised if this is Anthony Pettis's last fight in the UFC, not because the UFC is going to cut him, but I wouldn't be surprised if he hopped over to Bellator with his brother, seeing how uh, – how well his brother, how much money his brother's making over there, how well received he is, all the great things. Like if you've interviewed Sergio Pettis in the last year, he has nothing but great things to say about how Bellator is treating him. He's not lost in the shuffle and they're really putting the marketing machine behind him. So if this is Anthony Pettis's last fight in the UFC, UFC fight fans that only watch the UFC are going to miss him. He's like, look at his who he's fought, beaten, and lost to. It's pretty much. A, a list of the greatest lightweights and welterweights who has ever lived. So uh, I can, I'm always excited to watch Anthony Pettis fight. And no one's mentioned Marlon Moraes and Rob Font, fellow New England native, uh, hasn't fought what since uh, more than a, in more than a year, maybe maybe longer. And Marlon Moraes, I think uh, Marlon Moraes is pretty fantastic, but I think he lost to Jose Aldo. Like, obviously, he lost to Henry Cejudo, and he just lost to Corey Sandhagen. Uh, his his virtual media day, he talks about getting revenge and this and that. So. Super nice guy, short list for nicest fighter on in the UFC, uh, but in a division that Kate, our own producer Casey Lyon has said many times is probably the most stacked division in the UFC at 135 pounds. I'm very excited for Marais and Rob Font. So there's a whole bunch, of course. Drawn win is on the prelims too. Uh, Daniel Cormier, protege, uh, has not had the best run in the UFC. Had a, had a couple losses, a couple weight misses. So. Uh, if this is the last time we see him in the UFC, it'll be a bummer too. But a lot of fun fights, awesome fight to close out the year, awesome fight card to close out the year. Absolutely, and you knew you knew I was going to pick Rob Font, Mara Marais for my under the radar fight. There's no doubt about it. I, I that New England bias. Plus, the fight just kicks ass, anyways. Rob Font could be from Alaska, and I still would have picked that fight. So, AK, what is your under the radar fight fighter storyline heading into tomorrow night? Well, uh, Rob Font might be from the North Pole because he is a he has fought. This is his third straight December. Uh, having a fight booked in the UFC, so he might he he's essentially the Santa Claus of the UFC. He fought a, <laughs> a, a UFC on ESPN show last December, December 2019, and then he fought Sergio Pettis a couple years ago uh, in uh, December 2018. So this will be th- three straight December. So people, if you like Rob Font, he's coming at least once a year, and uh, you better you know he's checking his list, he's thinking twice, and all that stuff. Uh, I mean, I like all the fights you guys picked. I'm glad we mentioned the Marais uh, Font fight. Things that's fantastic. Uh, I, I, I hadn't thought about Pettis uh, leaving of his own accord, actually, because I, you know, I talked to him this week, and and, and obviously he's not going to say, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to leave the UFC after this fight. Whenever he's, that's not going to come up. Uh, so I had, it's funny, I had not even thought about it as a possibility, but it does make sense, like I said, with his brother going there, uh, and Jim just looking like he's ready to kind of move on to sort of a new chapter in his life, having fought all these big names and anything short of like a Conor McGregor coming up, something like that. I don't know if he's interested in taking any of those fights. So um, he's, he, he even ran back Cowboy, right? We're at, we're at, he's at this point. I think he had his first rematch. Was this, would that be his first? Yeah, his first rematch in the UFC. Uh, and at, I think at that moment, he probably starts really thinking about, wow, am I, you know, am I just playing all the old hits again? Um, so you guys mentioned some great fights. I'll also throw in some Canada bias because I, I'm a little disappointed that the uh, Jillian Robertson, Tyler Santos fight in the shuffling of this card that happened today after uh, just some, some cancellation 
Uh, it looks like it got bumped to the prelims because it's only a five fight main card now. So I think uh, Robertson Santos got had a cherry main card spot and is now in the middle of the prelims. It's all on the ESPN Plus anyway, so I guess it doesn't matter too much. But I would have liked to seen her get a little bit more of a spotlight. I do think Robertson is legitimately someone who could be one of the bigger. I don't want to say an A-level star, but like a B-level star, a fan favorite in uh, in the flyweight division. And I, I just she's, – she's maybe she's a little too quirky, a little too humble. I'm not sure. Maybe a little too Canadian. I know that uh, rubs people the wrong way sometimes. But her fighting style is really exciting. She gets a lot of finishes. And uh, and I think she she stands out. So I do wish the UFC – she's one of the fighters I wish the UFC would get a little more behind. And not taking anything from Tyler Santos, by the way, who absolutely could win this fight. Um, I, I think both women, I would have liked to seen them stay on the main card, but – uh, such as life. I'll just. I'm just going to remind people. If you're catching the prelims, make sure to uh, to keep an eye out for this one. For sure. As you can see, ladies and gentlemen, this is not live. And why you ask? Because we're going to be back tomorrow with another pre-event Q and A, where you, our fine readers, viewers, and listeners, you guys will control it all. You guys and gals will dictate everything, and together we will get fired up for this event one last time in 2020 of course we'll have coverage results etc over at mmafighting.com until then friends for jose youngs alex kaylee i am mike Heck. thank you for watching and we will see you tomorrow night you're listening to the vox media podcast network